So quick introduction to the book of James. This is probably one of the earliest letters that is written, uh, that along with uh, Galatians, which, which we just read. It's being written around 40 to 45 AD, which means that Christians are beginning to really be seen as distinct from Jews. They're beginning to be persecuted by the Roman uh, Empire, but they're not outright persecuted. And we do see that in James. There doesn't seem to be mention of um, the temple being destroyed. There's no mention of this circumcision thing that Galatians uh, is talking so much about. And the organization of the church doesn't seem to be that complex at this point. Now, why is that important? It's be important be to us, I think, because James is writing to a church that is growing, but that is being tempted, but is not being outright persecuted. Sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, sounds a lot like us. <clears throat> now, we see in his opening, <clears throat> verse 1, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Now, this may be a play on his name. James is what we, uh, in the white Western world, call uh, Jacob. His name is actually Jacob, but because King James was the first one to uh, write an English translation, he wanted his name in it, so he turned all the New Testament Jacobs into Jameses, and that poses an amazing question when we talk about uh, the Bible, but we can talk about that some other time. Um, so the, to the 12 tribes, because Jacob was the father of the 12 tribes. So what he's saying is, even though these 12 tribes do not exist anymore, it's just the Jews, he is saying to all the believers everywhere, uh, this is what I have to say to you. And then what we see here is uh, back and forth, a sort of positive and negative, um, a, you know, what is the gospel reaction versus what is the temptation? The first one, verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials, uh, and verse three, the testing of your faith, that we see, can see testings without joy, but he's saying we see them with joy. Then in verse five, if you lack wisdom, then ask God, but ask in faith, uh, <clears throat> not like the one who doubts. And I think that we a lot of times look at that issue of doubt um, <clears throat> as being, you know, I wonder if, and no, it says like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, that the doubt that he's talking about is the doubt that actually spurs into action. And as well, that is what our faith is. Our faith is not a feeling. Our faith is the wisdom of what it is we believe that actually changes what we do. Verse nine, that the lowly brother boasts in his exaltation, but the converse, the rich in his humiliation. That, again, the ways of this world are being turned upside down by the gospel. We're not measuring people or their faith by their wealth, um, but we are measuring it in exaltation and in, in humility. Therefore, blessed is the man, uh, verse 12, who remains steadfast under trial. And what does that mean? It means that, verse 13, we do not just abide in our temptations. Now, we are all being tempted, and we are all falling to temptation at various times. But the difference here is the person that resigns himself and says, well, I'm just being tempted by God. This is the way it'll always be. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes when I talk to people who are uh, struggling with habitual sins, there's often that feeling of, well, I'm always going to be this way. <clears throat> and that's to say that the power of the gospel is powerful, just not as powerful as this sin. And that there is 
the difficulty because that desire gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. Now I love the fact that there's a distinction here. The desire, the temptation, they are not sin themselves. Uh, but that when we allow them repeatedly, increasingly to lure us away from God, then that's where the sin lies. Uh, do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. What's the solution? you know, to these temptations? What's the solution to these struggles, uh, to the financial struggles, to the wisdom struggles? It is that God is giving us every good and perfect gift. And what is he doing in us? What is that gift that he is ultimately doing to become a kind of first fruits, a very different sort of thing? So if that's the case, we hear the word, but we don't just hear it. We actually do it. Um, and that means the anger that we go through. That means the way that we interact with others. It means the words that come out of our mouth. But the things that we do ultimately are because to be pure, we are pure and undefiled before God. And, you know, this famous verse at the end, 27, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. That ultimately the way that God's, word manifests itself in our lives is through the work of the church and bringing the family the family to the familyless um and to keep oneself unstained from the world uh that the way that we do church the way that we live it matters and that's really um the key to the book of james uh which is that faith without works is dead we'll look at that more tomorrow